episode 10 of Hayley and Ruth Two Stars with me, Susan Harrison. And me, Gemma Arisbeth. If you like these episodes, do consider giving us a nice review on iTunes. That really helps us. And you can tweet us at Two Stars Podcast if there's anything you'd like Hayley and Ruth to review in the future. Now, we're very lucky because in this episode, we have a special guest. Author Ginny Glover joins Hayley and Ruth after a signing on her book tour. Enjoy. Hello, it's Hayley Danks here. Ruth Goodchild over here, hello. And we're very excited, aren't we? So excited. One of my all-time favourite authors is here, right here with us. Hello, Ginny Glover. Hello. Oh, let's... We can move you in a bit closer. All right. Hello, I'm Ginny Glover. I'm I'm sure you need no introduction for our listeners, but for those of you that do uh, need an introduction, Ginny is a... Should we say best-selling? Yes, you could say best-selling best, author. Best-selling author, and you're currently on a book tour. That's right. I'm touring um, the country, and then eventually I will be touring the world. Pardon? Yeah, I can't I, quite... I will be touring the world. Oh, that's so exciting. So exciting. So exciting. I, I've been on several world tours, not with a book, just sort of recreationally, mm. and, um, you know, I can't wait to see how that's going to feed into your to your work. Where Where have you been... Me, I mean, where haven't I been? I obviously I spent the last eight months in Goa, right? Um, and you know, prior to that, I um had a small tour around the um the the, the Grecian Isles. Sure, I mean, it's a holiday, really, isn't it? Um, well, but I mean, I was you know I was nourishing, I was refilling well, my cup, holiday of making, creativity. And but Ginny, are you planning to go to Goa for uh, your uh, book tour? Not if I can help it. No. What I really want to do is just go to as few places as I have to go to. Pardon? I just want to go to as few places as I have to go to. I'm really only doing it for tax reasons. Oh. Right. Oh, because there was that whole thing uh, a couple of years ago, wasn't there? It was that's in the right. I'm, I'm an artist. I can't be expected to understand money. Oh no! I do you know what? Yeah. I actually am in complete agreement with you there. I, you know, I've sort of thrown off the shackles of money, as it were. I don't agree with mm. anything numerical. Well, yes. Be careful, though, because they will come and get you. Oh gosh! As, as you've discovered, at your cost. Because to start with, I thought it was one of those scam emails right. where they try and um, get your details yeah. from you. So I ignored it for seventeen years. Mm. Right, but when it said HMRC, it really did mean Yes, HMRC. what I should have done is looked at the actual email address and the ISP service provider, but I just ignored it. So I would say, don't ignore all the emails. Not everyone is scamming you. Not, not everyone is mm. a scam. It's so fascinating. It's utterly thrilling to hear this sort of insight into the author's life, isn't it? It, well, I mean, do neither of you have an accountant? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I don't think I really sort of need that um, to be tied down in quite right. that manner. I know that you, you do. You, well, you need, you do need well, that. Well, I mean, we can't all be like you, you know, somebody who, who relishes the idea of the tax yeah. return. Yes, I mean, I get my taxes in as early as possible. It's sort of, I, I have a little fun game where I see how early I can do it. And I like to do it... Uh, because the, the tax year ends on the 5th of April. So um, my, my, uh, so far, my best is the 7th. I'm going to see if I can do the 6th of April yeah. uh, this year. Such fun. That's, that's very good. I, uh, I, I like to write all of mine longhand, and I write all the numbers as words. Oh, 845 yes. pounds in expenses. I imagine you use uh, beautiful paper as well. 
Yes, I use uh, the, the heaviest paper I can. Uh, I like to use yes. a vellum, if possible. Uh, I also have a fountain pen that I've had since I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. I, I really hope the people at HMRC appreciate that. I suspect they don't. No, that's why they're taking... Sending emails. Yes, yeah. yes. I don't like emails. I like to write personal letters still. Yeah. So I still write letters on paper and send them through the post and buy stamps. That's so thrilling. Maybe you should tell us about your latest book. My latest book is about um, an author who has uh, come on hard times because of tax reasons. Uh, They say, write what you know. It's not a biography or autobiography, but it is um, very much based on my own experience. Mm. Um, And the the, the lead character actually has the same name as you? Yes, Mm. I've called her Jenny. Uh, clever. Just to make yeah. it very slightly clever. different. Mm. Uh, but it's a thin veneer. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people do call you Jenny, don't they? Yes, yeah, sometimes they say, hello, I'm Ginny, and they say Jenny. And I say, no, Ginny. And then they say, what? And I say, Ginny. Uh, and some of them still insist on Jenny, and after about the fifth time, I don't bother correcting them. Yeah. I mean, which is it? It was very hard to hit. I mean, even now, I... Ginny. Jenny. Ginny. Jenny. Fine. Okay. We'll, we'll write it in the episode okay, notes. Okay, great. We'll great, write great, it in the episode great. notes. Okay. I, I've got I was going to say I'll send you an email, but actually that probably won't work. You can send it. I c- right. Here I've got to say that, you know, I think it's wonderful how you've invested so much of yourself, you know, emotionally speaking, into the work. I, I feel like that's, you know, the sign of an mm. artist to yeah, draw yeah, upon yeah, your yeah. own inner world. Mm. And, um, you know, when you... We actually, we should tell listeners, we actually went uh, to see you talking about your book... Um, earlier today, which was very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, the bits that I heard were great. Oh, yes. Yes, I don't like to have a microphone. No. Um, I find leaning in very uncomfortable uh, for my back uh, when you spend your time writing. And I do write longhand. I don't write on a computer. Um, so when you're lent over at all times, uh, then to lean into a microphone is a bit too much. And so um, I like to uh, give my talks unamplified. And, and, and unamplified, I'll just say that word yes, again sorry, for listeners. Yes. And the, the woman at Waterstones uh, this afternoon, was in, she was really trying to get you to use a microphone. Yeah. Yes, she, she was leaning and going, please, please. Mm. Um, but for the love of God. For the love of God, no one can hear. But I, lo- I love the fact mm. that you sort of stuck to your guns. Mm. Yes, I find that they can be very insistent. But I think the amplification removes the author from their own words. Oh, Bloody that hell! I so, love that. That is so artistic. That. Yes, that is so. That's the, that's the mark of a true artist. Yeah, and it? I think I, I completely agree. As I was watching you, I was imagining what you were saying. Mm. I was conjuring up. Oh, maybe she's saying this, or maybe mm. she's saying miss. And you know, it's it was up to me to interpret every single word in the sentence. And I I love that. You really involve the reader that mm. way because it's sort of like it's a partnership, and we sort of have yeah. to create yeah. this story together, really, don't we? Right. I don't want to do all the work. Mm. You know, the, the, the reader or listener, if you like, has to do some of the work too. Otherwise, it's a one-way street, if you like. And I like streets to be two-way because they're less surprising. Yeah. And you've really taken that into your latest book because you actually miss some words on the page as well. That's right. Um, so when my husband was talking to me about the book, 
And he said, uh, Ginny, you know, you need to make sure that it's your authentic voice. Yeah. And he said, mm. if I'm honest, Ginny, I only hear one in ten words that you say. Yeah. So I thought, to make it more authentically my voice, I would only write... Well, I thought one in ten was a bit too few. A bit too so sparse, yeah. So I've written um, every... Two in seven words. Mm. It's you know, a lovely choice. It, it's such a bold choice, and I really enjoyed how, in the final chapter, you know, you're really mm. so excited about, oh, how's it going to end? What's the protagonist going to do next? And the, the final sentence, the words become so small that it's impossible to read with the human eye. That's right, yes. You definitely need some kind of uh, magnifying glass or maybe just focus. If you focus very hard, you could probably see the words. Um, and I, what I have done is I've left, I've left the gaps that are the length of those words so that you can guess what the words would be yeah. because you know how long the word is. It's very clever, it's isn't very it? very clever. I like a book that's sort of like a puzzle mm. that you have to work out. Because yes. I loved, towards the end, you were saying, you've got your protagonist and you're thinking, where is this taking place? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. Who are they talking to? Yeah. No idea. But it really makes you, it forces you to be mm. creative, mm. I think, which mm. I love. Uh, in my copy, I've scribbled in some words, mm. which I thought, oh, maybe it's this. And uh, reading it back, it's quite abstract. I don't know if I made the right choices, but then again, you know, what is the right choice? This is your copy here, yeah. isn't it, mm. that you've got? Yeah, um, I mean, there, there is a right choice because I did write the book, so there is definitely a right story and right words that would fit in. Oh. So if there's a seven-letter word, there is a right seven-letter word. Correct, seven-letter word, I see. For it to be like, almost like correct, because that is a seven-letter word. Uh, I know everything about words. Gosh. Um, but I know nothing about numbers. Mm. But strangely, I do know about the numbers of words. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> that is incredible. So, I, I, I swear, I have to yeah. bring this up. Your Sorry. copy here, Haley. Yes. I mean, I see you, you've used paints. Yes. It's quite I've, an interesting choice. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not tr- a traditionalist either. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't believe in, in numerical values. As, Has it been as, dropped in the bath as yeah, well? Yeah, I mean, I... Deliberately? I, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, I, I had my snorkelling equipment with me. I like to read under the water yeah, to yeah, really yeah. envelop myself did, in the world. Did you read it when you were in Greece on the Grecian Isles? I did, and I felt that that added... So this is Grecian water. Well, there you go. That's got to add something, it's hasn't like, it? Um, it's like you've taken Keats at his words, you know, on the Ode to a Grecian Urn, and you've put Grecian water onto the words. So it's like uh, Ode to a Grecian Urn. Uh, ode to what? Sorry? Sorry? A Grecian... Wow, I we are so lucky. Yeah, I know. I, we are I, so lucky. Hell, I feel like I've just been validated, you know, for my artistic choices, for my life choices, for my spirituality. I just want to say thank you for validating me. I really needed that today. Like, I don't want to make it about me, but I really needed that today. That's right. good. What's 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 happening? No, nothing's happening. I don't know why I'm right. assuming something's happening. Just assuming. Well, where are you living at the moment? Well, I'm not. I'm sort That's... of. I'm between barges. So you know. Right. And. Yeah. So That's, I mean, like, that must be tricky. Yeah, I mean, you know... When you say I, you're between, between barges... I'm between... I was sharing Tig's barge. Um, <laughs> 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 it was a lovely young chap that I met doing a sort of devised um, sort of sharing. And, um, you know, Tig said to me, 
<laughs> extra. Just an extra sort of um, fold-out area. Mm. Saying, you know... And it just came at the right time, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I was doing that, but he's he's having a little bit of trouble with some of, you know, some issues to do with his ex. She's right. around a lot. You know, it's not a big barge. No. So, I mean, the barges aren't, no. are they? Well, no, I mean, yeah. So you're yeah. looking for... When you say you're between barges, that, that implies you're I'm looking for another between, barge. Yeah, I'm literally... Sometimes between. at night, I'm literally standing with one foot, foot on, on one, one barge, barge and one foot on another. Yeah, barge, right. That must be really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. So that's why it was lovely, um, Ginny slash Jenny, um, when your, your words of validation just really helped me at that moment. So thank you. I think it's very important as a creative person to have yourself validated because sometimes you have to remind yourself that your creativity in itself is the validation and no one exteriorly can give you the validation and all of the stuff outside isn't important it's the stuff inside and sometimes the money gives you the validation but actually takes the validation away much as the taxman takes away the money money. that you've made from your best-selling book. And when you have no more ideas, but you have to keep writing, because of the taxman, the validation becomes important on an internal level because you don't have any external validation because no one's hearing your book. Pardon? No one's hearing your book. Okay. Yeah, well, no, we're yeah, gonna, absolutely. I'm going to turn yeah. some of the settings up. Yeah, really. I've just got. I mean, you're you're so right about all of that, yeah, and yeah, especially yeah. the bits that I that I could, definitely could hear. could hear. And it, I, I've never heard the word exteriorly before, and I feel like from a sort of exterior point of view, it's, I've been really all, opened up. Word, what? Not a word. Well, well it, I mean, no, it, it is isn't. now. It's I mean, not if a an word. author says it, it's a well, word. <sighs> so you are very much latter day Shakespeare, because quite a few of your words are invented, they're concocted. You say invented, I say discovered. Right. Um, In much the same way as the muse uh, sometimes hits an artist when they put paint on the canvas and they didn't know they were painting what they were painting until the thing they were painting arrived. I look at words in the same way, that I don't know what word I'm going to use or why until the word happens. And if it's a new word, then that's the right word, the correct seven-letter word. Oh, very good. Yeah, very nice. Really nice. Really nice. We should talk about your previous best-selling work, actually. Yes, um, I wrote a... uh, uh, My first bestseller was uh, called Isn't Love a Bastard, which was a chiclet novel at the height of chiclet. I didn't mean for it to be a chiclet novel. It was meant to be um, a very deep and meaningful discussion of... Uh, love in yeah. the 20th century, which was when I wrote it. And uh, people found it funny. And so that was my first bestseller. I remember that. And they it put was because sort of the cover they put they on They put it. a pastel colour, yes. yes. And it's some um, um, silhouettes. That's right, yeah. 
and, and that was why people thought it was chiclet. <laughs> and they, and the the font was uh, curls. That's Do right. Remember curls, that? Yeah. Yes. So every every letter had a little curly curly cue on the mm. end, and so I think that's why people thought it was a funny chiclet, funny novel. Um, but they bought it in their droves at oh, sort of airports hell, yeah. and you know W H Smiths in yes. in Euston Station yes. probably. And it was never in the bargain basement shop. No. no, that's. I mean, that's a real accolade, isn't it? You know, yeah. for an author to never reach the bargain basement is really quite something. That's right. Um, and so, that was my first one, and then my second one was um, called "It's Time to Stop," which again I thought was a discussion of how, in the twentieth century, which is when I wrote it, um, life was moving too fast. Yeah. Um, but again, people thought it was a comedy chiclet novel <laughs> and so uh, they put another pastel cover and on it. This one had sort of glittery glitter yeah. and um, and a tear on the front like a, a crying woman which I thought would make people realise that it was a more serious... It's sad. sad. You think tears sad. Yeah, no, I always think tears sad. Yeah. yeah. But no, people thought it was a, a comedy still so that one also sold, uh, that one outsold Love is a Bastard mm. um, which was wonderful but all of these things again talking of validation yeah. none of these things validated my internal artist no. because my internal artist was being um, exteriorly uh, mocked uh, because people thought that I was making comedy books but actually I was making serious books Wow! Wow! Yeah, you followed it up with your third novel, and you and you this time you thought, all guns blazing. This is such a serious yeah. subject that Which I'm going is to why tackle. I called it all guns blazing. All yeah. guns blazing, um, and really, you you were sort of hoping to enter the market alongside all those sort of SAS books, and it was mm. very very serious. That's right. Fe- women women's experience yeah. uh, as as a and metaphor war. for the SAS. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, people. Th- Thought it was a chiclet again. Yes. Um, this one had a slightly less pastel cover, slightly less glittery, um, but unfortunately things had moved on mm. in the chiclet world, and I hadn't realised. Um, so the cover was still very much within that genre. Yeah. Bright, it, hot, pink. hot pink. Hot pink with a pair of lips on it. Yeah. It, it was interesting that it was a metaphor. It was women's experience as a metaphor for the SAS, rather the than way. the other way yeah. round. I just thought it was so bold, you know, speaking as a, a, a feminist. I'm just going to say it, I'm a feminist, guys. So, you know, speaking as a feminist, I found that a really bold move. Thank you, yes. Yeah, some people thought it was um, a confused message, but I thought it was very clear. Um, again, people were laughing, and I felt at, not with, oh. at that point, which is why I stopped writing yeah. I, I, and I started writing under a, a, a nom de plume a pseudonym a, pseudonym, a, a, na- a na- name of, of the writer thank you for That's explaining that, that. Yeah. Um, and so and what was that what was your nom de plume Greg Fast I'd always you? suspected oh my God, you're Greg Fast you're Greg Fast um, bloody hell um, and it, yes. I in a much more masculine, yeah, uh, masculine voice, masculine yeah. style. So I felt my voice was amplified through masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really felt that as Greg 
um, fast oh. that you you explored a lot of sort of deep sexual um, kind of raw um, areas. Yes, a lot I haven't of read any raw of these. areas, no. and you know that really resonated with me. And I, I when I read it, I've got to say I did think, wow, this man really knows a woman, a woman's body, and a women's body. Yes, I mean Greg mm. does know. Uh, I mean, specifically, Greg knows my body. Yeah, so um, true. Because I am Greg. Uh, but um, the problems came with Greg. He was very popular. Yeah. yeah, oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah. Straight to number one. Straight to number one, but unfortunately, he was um, rather taken on board by some of the more unsavoury men's rights elements. Um, and I yeah. found that, again, my words were being twisted. Um, uh, to to use a political uh, or, or forward uh, foment a political movement of which I was not part nor party to nor interested in nor supportive of. Yeah, yeah, he did become somewhat of a poster boy for the sort of incel movement. Yeah, and which pick up artistry yeah, and that sort yeah. of thing. Yes, yeah, um, it's an interesting turn of events. Yes, and for a while, my my publisher said that I should dress as Greg and do a book tour as Greg. Mm, yeah. Um, How did that go? It didn't go very well no. because they they were insistent that I had to speak up and uh, I do speak up. Pardon? I speak up all the time. Sorry. Um, so I, I found that very strange and what was very interesting was a lot of the incels yeah. found my soft voice very soothing and a lot of them did realise the error of their ways and became much more pleasant humans. But again, that but wasn't that, my intention. But also that had, yeah, a, that yeah. had a knock-on effect yeah. of the rest of the incels with pick-up artist community didn't know what to do with yeah. you because you, yeah. you were sort of... You were the poster boy mm. for them and mm. yet you were also a means to people getting out. Yeah, so Yes, People didn't know what is, to do with you. And, that, and that's where it all really fell apart. Um, and there was quite a lot of threatening behaviour on my part towards them. <laughs> and that was when my publisher pulled the plug on the tour and also on my contract with them, that publisher. And that was the end of Greg Fast. Yeah. What a shame. And what did you do with the sort of ankle-length black jacket and the fedora? Because you've been wearing that mm, for... That trademark. was like your, your trademark, mm, exactly. Yes, Greg liked that very much. I've kept it. Uh, it's, in, it's in my writing study. Because once I, I metaphorically hung up mm. Greg's yeah. hat and coat, I also physically... <laughs> Literally... Greg's hat and coat. Oh, wow. That... And so it hangs there still because he, he has been hung up. Very good. I also I thought about putting a telephone yeah. there as well to really cement the metaphor, but my husband said it was too far. What did your husband think about all of that? He mostly uh, didn't hear that I was doing it. Mm. Um, he, he said I'd never told him, but I had. So I told times, him several times. So when you were leaving the house dressed as the aforementioned, rather handsome, if you don't mind me saying. I don't. Thank you, Greg. Um, did your husband just sort of think, yeah, there's another chap leaving the house, wonder who that is, think no more of it, sort of thing? I, th- I think he uh, often thought that I was our son. Yeah. Because there is a family resemblance. Okay. We do have a son, uh, otherwise that would be very strange. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think sometimes he just thought, 
that I was um, Andrew. Hey, right, and yeah. that I was leaving the house as Andrew. Mm. I was just Andrew. Leaving that, the house. Yes, and because I am... You're going to find this hard to believe, but I'm uh, very quiet in the house, and you often don't know that I'm there. So sometimes I've walked into the front room, and my husband's jumped because he didn't know I was still in the house. And I'm... Um, I'm very quiet. My, my footfall. Sorry, what? My footfall. Hey, right. Um, is he sometimes calls me Padfoot because I'm so quiet, like a mouse. Uh, I just don't make a lot of noise yeah. as I'm moving. I try to avoid touching things too much. Your mm. your son Andrew. Andrew, when he was at Cambridge, he wrote a very interesting article about how he hadn't realised he had a mother for several years because you were mm. so quiet. That's right, yes. Once, um, once I was no longer picking him up from school, yeah. he thought, um, for a long time, he thought that I'd left the family house and that my husband was a single parent, which gave him a lot of anger issues, mm. um, which we have tried to work through, but he still feels, even though... I was actually there throughout his entire childhood. He still has abandonment issue. That's very sad, you know, I think. But thank you for being so honest and open and vulnerable. You know, it's so important to be vulnerable, I find. Well, At every possible opportunity, you know, if you can't open yourself up literally and spiritually, then, you know, who the hell are you, frankly? Push it all down and then just... Don't don't talk about it. Probably. Well, um, we should talk about your your latest book. Your cu- can I call it your comeback? Uh, it's what it is. Apparently, that's what yeah. my, they've put on the back of it. Uh, the the comeback. And for a while, I thought that was the title. And see, that's interesting. But you didn't feel you didn't want to raise that with the publishers. You were quite happy just to sort of acquiesce. Yes, I mean, I've I've always um, I've always since the the chiclet. Debacle. Yeah, I've always bowed to their better knowledge um, because they know who they're trying to aim the book at. And what I've realised with this book, because of the uh, the difficulty, is that they're very much aiming it at pseudo intellectuals, mm. or as, as as my husband calls them, uh, wankers. <laughs> Right. If I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, of course, please go of ahead. Course, go ahead. Please. So it's very much aimed at the wanker market. Pseudo wankers, maybe, mm-hmm. or, or maybe just actual ones. Because the book is actually published several times within the binding, so it looks extra thick. That's yeah. right, because, because of the lack of actual words, even though I've left the space for the words, apparently there's, a, there's an ink... Um, and a, a certain amount of ink that has to be has used to use. in order yeah. for it to be classed as a book. A book, yeah. yeah. And so they've, yes, tre- trebled it within it. So it is actually quite a long book, but it's actually quite a short book. Mm. Yeah, that's well, I mean, I, I hesitate to use the word pamphlet, but mm. could we... Could, novella. Could we, a novella. Yeah. Pub, but several times with it. So it's several a really times. thick tone. It's a thick yeah. book, but with very few actual words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And t- to be honest, for me, that's my ideal book. Mm. You know, I, I love that you're giving the reader permission to feel like a, an intellectual slash yes. pseudo-intellectual, and yet they're not having to do all of the, all of the, all the, the hard labour yeah. involved exactly. in reading something that actually would be longer. Yes. And what I like very much is, even though it says on the back, the comeback, which, again, I thought was the title, it's not, 
uh, because I did name it, but that's two of the words um, that have been omitted from the text. So, so my my publisher did say no one will know what it's called, Ginny, and I said no, they will because the words are there. They've just the space just, for the words. The space for yeah. The words, yeah. So, have those words been omitted throughout the entire? duration of the book you never see the word come never happens the word back oh no those words are in there oh right just not the title oh oh, yeah sorry because that's not the title see I said to my publisher because it's on the back and there are now books where they turn them upside down don't they and there are things on the back and I said no it's not an upside down kind of book no although my publisher did try to make it that you know because apparently that's very in Um, yeah yeah I've got to say it is yeah yeah. and I said no 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 no. So we didn't do that. But people do think that it can be read back to front and front to back, which it probably could, because different words have been omitted from each of the three mm-hmm. iterations. Yeah. So if you did read the whole thing three times, you'd nearly get all of it, because it's two in seven words. So you'd nearly, nearly. get You'd still lose one word. Mm. If I've done the numbers right, which I don't do, as we know, I do the words... But so different words have been taken out of each iteration. It's very clever. It's so, so yes. clever. It's very clever. I was, I was so impressed in the Q&A, in the reading that you did, in the Q&A, how yeah. well you really held the crowd, you know. They Thank were, you. Pardon? Thank you. You're welcome. You know, they were really hanging, literally hanging on your every word. Leaning forward, straining. Yep, yep. And, you know, I, I found it very moving, actually, actually, to mm. see that sort of communal response. And I don't know, I wondered if you could maybe give us a tiny extract now. Or, uh, that may not be in, you know, oh, no, within your realm, it. but yes. if we could just hear a bit again, because I found it very powerful. And maybe mm. this time I might catch a bit more. OK. Uh, the, the, may I, yes. yes. Yeah. Thank you. May I borrow your copy? I'll, I'll try and avoid the paint. Yeah. I'll read from the middle. A great. Right. The second iteration. Okay. Ginny was in the... When only... Hardeep said... Roasted guinea. Clock struck. Goodbye. Yeah. Thank you very much. Very powerful, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's very powerful. So many Think thoughts. of what that might mean. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Think what could possibly be going on there. Yeah. So many things. But really only one thing. But, well, yes, to, yeah. to be clear, only one thing. Because I have written it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Can I ask, I'm sorry, can I ask some questions about it? Please do. Um, I was really fascinated by the character of Hardy. I loved having that little glimpse of him every now and again. And to me, as a reader, I conjured up a very sort of attractive man. Right. Very sort of, you know, toned, but not too toned. That's never like meant, that's never Very, mentioned. for me, his arms were a big part of the book. And I just wondered if they did or didn't get together. Because, sadly, some of the words were omitted at crucial moments. Yes, of course. Well, I think what's important to remember is that Hardeep's arms, and I'm glad that you picked up on his arms being integral, because they are integral. Hardeep's arms are wrapped around Jenny, literally and metaphorically, but also are like the arms on a clock. 
and so are constantly moving round oh. and away. Oh, God! Oh, my God, I thought... But I, always no. coming back. And then moving away. So, in a sense, it's cyclical, and in a sense, we never really know? Right, just or do like, we? Well, this is the thing. With the clock, you do know where the hands will be, eventually. And they will get there, but sometimes you're not looking at the clock when they've reached that point, so you've missed them. So, like, they, they get together at midnight or something. Is that what happens? No. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to read it again. I think, you know... I'm going um, to need to read it again. With all due respect, mm. I think maybe your, your reading of it is slightly more literal, and I think you've I really got to... I think it's 100% literal, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. You, mm, and I think you've really got to approach this book with a, a feeling of openness. You've got to right. open yourself out to it. That's what I would say. Right. Yeah, and if that. you open the book at the right page... And then um, on the second iteration of the same page and the third iteration of the same page, you will find that it becomes much more opaque and mm. less and transparent. Right. I think my feelings can be summed up uh, about the book very much in the, in the same way that The Times summed it up on the front. Mm. I love the quote. It just says, frustrating. Yes. Which is, is that what you were going for? Um, I, I wouldn't say... Again, I think um, my intentions have been misunderstood in right. much the same way as Love is a Bastard was misunderstood. Yeah. Um, this, the frustration is a misunderstanding of what, what I was trying to do was give an experience of what it's like to be around me. Oh. And I would say my husband said that the Times was very accurate in its description of that. But I would also say that that's not necessarily what I thought I was trying to achieve. I find that very compelling. And I would also, if it's going to be my review, I mean, you know, we can, you know but I would just add the word sexually. Well, right. Um, also, can I just add that what my intention was was one thing, but you can never... Uh, you can never make someone know your intention and you can never really know who you are until someone else has told you who they think you are and then you can just cherry pick the bits that you want from that and then go, that's who I am. Oh, God, that's, that's actually beautiful. Like, that is literally actually beautiful thing to say. So if you were saying sexually and the Times was saying frustrating, frustrating. I could cherry pick and go, sextrating. Ew. Or frustually. Yeah. We should end, because this is coming out in December, and in in a a strange move that I presume your your publishers uh, made, they got you to write a stocking filler book. That's right. It's called... um, it's, It's called Christmas is Here Again. Oh, no. Oh, no. Santa, help. Uh, they said that was too long a title, yeah. stocking filler. Yeah. So it's now just, it's not called that, it's just called Christmas. Christmas, yeah. But I know the full title. And now, right. and now we know the full title as well, so in a way that's a Christmas present from you to us, so thank you. It's a tiny, tiny little yeah. tiny thing. Yes. Um, so very much a, a, a stocking filler. And what were you going for with, with this book, a- apart from, you know, paying the taxes? Mm. Yes, I mean, really, it's just that. So it's very much... What, what I've had to do is go for the, um, the, the general experience rather than the personal for this one. So I've gone for something that would appeal to the masses. 
Um, so it's basically pictures of baubles and then lots of, uh, lots of exclamation marks yeah. saying things like, look at the size of these holiday balls. And, um, yeah. The thing I love about it is in a very unusual move, in the penultimate page, there's numerous words jumbled up and then the words to the side, like stocking, turkey, etc. Mm. And then one can take a pen and find a word search, those yeah. It's incredibly innovative. Thank you. I wanted to do something different from a crossword. Yeah, 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 exactly. So there's a a word search on the final page. No, it's it's, um, it's called a jumble. Right. The Christmas jumble sale. They took away sale because they said it made no sense. Um, And then it's it's all the words to me that mean Christmas, Mm -hmm. but not in the sense that you would normally see them. So yeah, I got that. I totally, totally got the that. The hidden meaning yeah. of Christmas that's been hidden by consumerism. Yeah. And actually, I don't know if you noticed, but all of the jumbled letters are the letters in the word consumerism. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to go back and have a look at that when I get home. You can actually find the word consumerism in it more times than any of the other words. I like that because you've sort of... St- I, I like to think that's you sticking it to the man. I yeah, mean, you yeah. should still take all of the money from the sales and I have yeah. to pay HMRC, yes. absolutely. Yeah. But but I, I, li- I like that sort of little act of rebellion yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, amidst this, this act that your publishers forced you to do. Yes. Very nice. Yes. I, I had a final question, if I may, which Please. I wanted to raise at the Q&A and d- well, there wasn't the opportunity. No, because it was mostly men standing up saying... Yeah. Less of a question, more, more of a statement. statement. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. There was one, I noticed one woman at the back just try, trying, trying to, but, the, but um, a chap just darted in front of her at the last moment, which was a shame, really. They're often taller. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, and a lot of statements that didn't seem to have anything to do with the book. The book. Or any book. Or, or any book. Yeah. And the more sort of, and long, very long, rambling... I would say paragraphs of... Uh, like a monologue. Yeah. It's strange. So I yeah. tend to just agree with them. Oh, they yes. like that? Yeah. They just like say that. yes. Just say yeah. yes, they like and that. Then, and then move on. I learned that when I was doing my tour with as, as Greg. Yeah. Uh, that often it was easier just to say, oh, probably... Like, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Often I just say, oh, probably. Because then, of course, you're not committing. Well, no, that's right. You can leave it open. Yeah. So what's I your mean, question? So, you know, well, my question is, does she die? I'm sorry for the spoiler, but, you know. I think um, we all die, I think. Um, and well, we so do. We do. Well, yeah, yeah, no, but it's, it's a true. It's up for grabs. Yes, I mean, because I mean, we all died. Who knows? And do we die? Yes. Or do we continue living? Yeah. Everyone dies. Okay. Well, so the answer is both yes and no. Yeah, that's um, so enlightening. Thank you. I just want to say again, it's actually been quite moving. Um, to have this dialogue, this literal dialogue with an author that I have admired for quite a long time. Um, knowing that you are Greg as well has just added a whole other, quite confusing layer on top of that. Yes. I would say, what, what's next for Ginny Glover after this yeah, book yeah, tour is over, after the, the Christmas stocking filler book comes out? Yeah. Well, fingers crossed um, that will pay off everything that I owe uh, and then I can just stop. I, I very much would like to stop, just finish, 
to stop. But if, if it hasn't paid off, I do have an idea for another novel that is simply um, my thoughts transmitted onto the page very, very subtly, very quietly. Um, Pardon? So there'll be no actual printing, because that's a noisy process. So it'll just be my thoughts on a page. I will, of course, have to spend a lot of time with each copy of the book to transmit the thoughts onto the page. So every book will, in fact, be slightly different. Unique. Wow. However, of course, it will take a lot of work from the reader to take the thoughts from off the page when there is no actual physical word there for them to read or see. So almost almost 100% of the work, really. I will be doing a lot of work transmitting. Right. That's going to take a long time. And I, I do, I, I don't want to do it, but despite everything, I will do it if I have to do it, and also if the public demands that I do it. Not just HMRC, they're demanding quite a lot, but if the public demand for my thoughts is, as it has been in the past, so great, I will bow to their superior knowledge right, hope, hopefully some of you yeah. caught that um, right so uh, we should wrap up we so, should. Um, where, where are you next on your tour I will be in Western Supermare Western Supermare and the water zones there so, so uh, check it out listeners and uh, we will see you next yeah, time I've got to say thank you so much Jenny Glover for coming in today and just you know like blowing my mind basically just a note to the editor to, to really whack the volume up on that. OK, thank you. Bye. Goodbye. This week we were joined by the brilliant Ruth Bratt. Let's find out some places you can find all three of us in the future if you want to see us live or in a recorded fashion on the internet. Here we go. <laughs> uh, you can see me live at the Boulevard Theatre, which is a brilliant new theatre in Soho, on the 3rd of January with the Yes Queens, which is female improvised comedy, and with These Folk, which is an improvised folky play with music. I am doing voices in this season of The Now Show, so go to iPlayer and type in Now Show and you will be able to hear me that way. You can also go to my website, GemmaArrismith.com, to find out what I'm doing at the moment. I will, uh, this is Ruth, by the way, uh, <laughs> I don't whisper all the time. I will be with Showstopper, the improvised musical, touring around the UK and in the West End next year. And also the People Just Do Nothing film is coming out next year, I believe, in the summer. Exciting. Who knows, but that will be out. People Just Do Nothing. Nothing, the movie, big in Japan. So there you go, you've got podcasts, live shows, radio shows and a film to go and see. <laughs> don't say we don't treat you. Thanks so much for listening, listeners, and we'll see you next time. Bye.